Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. We're here on another weekend of non-rugby, unless you're in the Southern Hemisphere. And as always, faithful old Phil. <laughs> I, I think uh, maybe it's not quite right, right to say I'm always here, but right now I am in studio with you. Yes. I, I have had various different uh, locations, seasons around the world. Yeah, and like me, I have missed... One podcast in <laughs> four years. Which one was that out of interest? Oh, it was when you were on your honeymoon. <laughs> honeymoon. Yeah. I do know. I regret it to this day. <laughs> you regret most things on, from your honeymoon, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. Um, and down the line, Tim Cocker. In the Egg Chasers, TMO shipping container. Potentially soon to be redundant TMO shipping container, which is one of the talking points for the pod, I guess. Yeah. Oh. Why? What have I missed? Well, we'll get into that in a little bit. There you go, a little tease for oh, you, JB. Oh, little tease. Well, in the meantime, why don't you go and look at our various forms of social media. We're on Twitter, at Rugby Podcast, at Cocker, at Jay Beardmore. Phil is very much under the radar. We have Facebook and Phil, we've got Phil Instagram. Phil is a smart man. Phil is a smart man. <laughs> the more time... Honestly, I'm, I'm so close to just packing in Twitter. It is, it is a, a time vacuum... It is a divisive, horrible place. Do you know what? There's very, there's very little redeeming features about it. I thought the same thing today. I thought when rugby isn't on, I'm going to turn off my Twitter because I'm reduced to tweeting about things which nobody cares that I care about. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, apart from Love Island, of course. You do a little bit of tweeting about that. Oh, you know. Every now, every, every now and again. <laughs> right, boys. Um, well... I'm not going to lie, I've not really read Phil's running order, so Phil, why don't you tell me what to talk about? <laughs> well, uh, Tim, I know that you're always, always prepared. Um, so oh, of course. Wh- where do you want to start? There's, there's a, quite a bit of news uh, on and off the field this week, even though there's not really been much rugby. Yes, there has. You're absolutely right. So I think we should round up just some of the sort of newsy stories, and then we can get into some meatier things um, in, in a little bit. So go on, Phil. We'll let you lead off. What, what, what's, your, what's your gut telling you? Well, the first thing that I want to talk about is my um, initial scepticism. But um, as I've had time to, to let the story digest, um, my current pleasure at the announcement that Ulster have signed Billy Burns from Gloucester. 
Now, mm. my my first reaction was kind of meh, but Ulster clearly need a fly half. Yep, um, they've only got Johnny McPhillips at the moment on their books, who's a an out and out fly half. There was the failed attempt to convince Joey Carberry to come north. There was the failed signing of Elton Yanchis, which was blocked by the IRFU because he's a non-Irish qualified so, player. Okay, so who is the other non-Irish? Not, not blocked by him because he's a potentially awful signing. He's a great in, signing. In the, in the wind and rain at, at Ravenhill. Oh, how, yeah, much, yeah. how much money? Be honest now. You know, how much money would you pay to watch Elton Yanchis in the worst Ulster weather try and run a back line? <laughs> Unlimited amounts of money. <laughs> it would be entertaining if you weren't an Ulster fan. Uh, but I'm, I'm actually... So the more I think about it, the more I quite like this signing. So first of all, I had no idea that he was Irish qualified. Nope. Um, which, when, when you... Uh, when you put the caveat that Ulster have got to sign someone Irish qualified and seemingly no one Irish qualified wants to play for Ulster other than the people that are already here and even they after the last last couple of seasons don't really want to play for Ulster you you really you're really narrowing down your limits of fly halves yeah I mean other than trying to convince Ian Madigan <laughs> who's on like half a million a year so you're not going to convince him I, I'm not sure or um, now clearly Billy's uh, brother Freddie could potentially well no, actually no because he's capped yeah so he's not even that yeah poor, poor guy so yeah you're probably down to maybe one or two people in the world uh but billy burns you know what, is though? not a bad operator i mean there's probably a ton of them actually uh, and huge amounts of credit have to go to the irish scouting system i mean they must really be on top of their game the amount of guys that are plucked out of obscurity i mean uh, there are a couple of lads from sale that went uh mitchell scrumhoff yeah, no big whoop but it just shows how keyed in they are to all to all these players. The, the, the Haley signing was phenomenal because they had to work out who was the capture team, when did he play, yeah. approach him, get him over. I bet they knew about Burns for a long, long time. Probably. Probably from when he was playing England. Because he played England under 18 and England under 20. Yeah. So they were probably eyeing him up from then. And now now's the time. Such a good system that they've got running there. But yeah, it's not... I don't think it's bad news for Ulster. I think how so, how could it be and bad also, news? And also, JB, it's it's kind it's kind of um, yes, I, I agree. We've talked uh, in lots of different ways about why the Irish system is so good, but it's not like he's been poached from under the noses of England. No, no. nor as Will Addison, nor as Mike Haley. No, no. And yeah, it just everything has worked perfectly, hasn't it? Because he's going to be fighting for time with Sippers. Um, it does make me question a little bit Gloucester's thought process here, because. Everyone knows that I'm a huge Cipriani fan. Yep. He's, a, I, he's a great player. But everyone also knows that I'm a huge Ben Darwin fan. And these seem, things seem to intersect <laughs> here. <laughs> so, like, the amount of extra money that they've paid Cipriani, yeah. because I assume they'll pay him more than Burns. I don't know, but I assume they'll pay him more. Of course they will, yeah. Uh, absolutely, they'll be paying him considerably more. I mean, put it this way. And, and also, he won't, he won't have their academy credits, which Burns had, and he wouldn't have their English credits. Well, yeah, just the academy credits, actually. Yeah. So, put it this way, okay? The only team in the league who are not up to their salary cap or have substantial space left and really want to spend it are Sale Sharks. Steve Diamond said, I think to me, and maybe to Cocker at the same time, uh, I don't know if you were there for this one, Tim, that they couldn't afford him. Right? He was out out of their their uh, price range. So... 
Gloucester are paying him a fortune, and how much better will he be in the two years that he's there for than Billy Burns, particularly in his first year? And do Gloucester need to spend that amount of money on upgrading a fly half position when they've already got had Burns and they already have guy on allegedly three hundred plus thousand in Owen Williams too? Owen Williams. Uh, I'll, I'll answer that one yes, very please. shortly and succinctly. Yes. Wow, <laughs> really? So I- it's Gloucester. Gloucester have not had. Uh, an orchestrator, playmaker, um, like on-field quarterback for years, for years. And I'm even including the Freddie Burns time. That he, he He's not been able to, he wasn't able to do that himself. They haven't had it for years. Mm. So I, I, I'm, I'm kind of with you on this, Tim. And I, I think you look how well he slotted into the England team in his first game in that difficult third test. I think it will take him a little bit of time to get up to speed. I think he will quite quickly get up to speed. So, I think I think it's I think they're both quite good bits of business. Uh, and Gloucester, Gloucester, one hundred percent have ambitions of top four this season, uh, and and pushing and contesting for for the league. And I think they can do that much better with someone like Sippers, the experience of someone like Sippers. I don't know is the answer. I think you get you have him for three years. I think by Year one and a half, he's all you know. He's bedding in. You've got to remember the beauty of the way Cipriani plays is how he brings everyone else onto the ball around him. It's going to take a while for those blokes to learn how he plays, what lines to run, so on and so forth. But it, it didn't take the England boys very long to learn. And no, didn't really take, well, how, did, took, how did they took score? Him a while at Sale, but um, and it took him a little while at Wasps. But I wouldn't mind betting that in both of those situations, it's because of things off of the field. No, it's because he has to be the main man. He has to be the main man. So wherever he goes, he... I'm not making this up. Um, He actually runs the show. He is the guy that tells you uh, how he wants to play, the moves he wants to run. Nobody tells Danny Cipriani now how to play. Because if you do, he'll play terribly. I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is he the last two years, he's grown up a hell of a lot. And I think he's the first to admit that. I think he was quite... Quite mature at sale, personally. I I, th- I think he has grown up a lot. It, definitely the last few years. So probably from when he came back from Australia. Yeah, no, yeah. no, no. He took he took a while. He was he was the number two behind Nick McLeod at Sale for a little while. Just remember, was... Nick McLeod is a phenomenal talent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not knocking. He, he's, a, he's he was a good squad man, was Nick McLeod. But there was there's, there was obviously something not right if you sign Danny Cipriani and he can't get in your team. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's a good not, point. and it's not Danny Cipriani's abilities as a player. No, it's not. And just going back to the England thing, the England boys uh, ran off him immediately. They didn't actually. I mean, it was that little stab to the corner, which got England the try. Uh, I do think it'll take time for, the, for, for, for him to bed in. Uh, I think Gloucester already have enough problems trying to work out who the best 15 is. That's their biggest problem. It's not the quality of players. They've got huge amounts of quality players. I just don't know if they know what, what their best team is. And kind of Danny Cipriani muddies the water even more for them, as good as he they is. Didn't, they didn't know who their best 10 was. Was it Billy Twelve Trees? Was it Billy Burns? Was it Owen Williams? So at yeah, least now yeah, they know. I, that's so that exactly should, right. Sort that out. Do, do you think... I mean, how do you think it plays out between Owen Williams and Danny Cipriani now? It doesn't play out. It doesn't. There's, a number one, there's now a number one and a number two. Yeah, but it's a hell of a lot of money to spend on a number two. Yeah, it is. Unless your number sure. two goes to 12. Well, but then again, um, if you want to be competing on... And, and challenging, 
then you're going to need two quality operators. And Danny Cipriani could looks like he could well be spending a big chunk of the season not with his club. So yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they could be really unlucky and have both their tens not with their club. <laughs> I mean, that, that would be an but, absolute disaster. In yeah. which case, they better hope it's there's a, a, it's a terrible signing if, if that's yeah. the case. Well, they better hope that there's a third Burns lad somewhere. <laughs> right. I'll tell so, you what, um, well, there's another bit of news then, which. Um, Anthony Watson's going to spend another an extra six months on the sideline beyond where he was forecast to be uh, to be spending. It's um, there's more complications in his return to action. Yeah, and six, six more months out. Six more months. What yeah. are the complications? Uh, he's got to have an, an, another uh, operation on his. It's his Achilles tendon, I think, or certainly an ankle injury. No, oh, no. So that's very bad disappointing. News, bad news for England. Bad news for Bath as well. And with that type of injury as well, it's a it's a concern that he, what made him so potent, could he might have to adjust his game a little bit, potentially, which I think he's yeah. capable of doing. But it's going to be with that kind of injury, it's going to be tough to to be the Anthony Watson we knew. Yeah, so that's he's still a young lad. Uh, he's still only twenty four, twenty five, I think. Um, if if he's even that, so he's got time on his side. Certainly, he'll be getting the best medical and physiotherapy care so hopefully he'll come back strong yeah um just one little note uh apparently there's no sound on the facebook feed jay uh yeah fix that we fixed it good ish you can't hear cocker but yeah uh, okay. i'm working on it i'm gonna close it down in a second oh okay. yeah I, well, if, if you can't hear me it's not it's not worth hearing <laughs> exactly 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 <laughs> okay so have there been many other transfer uh rumors or news this week matt tamua Tamua. So I mentioned this on Twitter, I think. I do not know. I'm going to say right now, I do not know the exact details of this, other than Australia are very interested in bringing Matt Tamua back. And they're also very interested in bringing uh, Palotanal back. Interesting. Now, this is this would be bad if the two clubs in question each lost a player each. Unfortunately, <laughs> it's one club. Yep. And and they were two of their best players last season. Yes. Two of the absolute standout players for Leicester Tigers last season. So we've been critical of Leicester in the past. I mean, let's just say, hypothetically, the idea of a World Cup gets to plot now. Thinks, I've got to go. I've got to play yeah. this World Cup. That would mean that Leicester have gone from a situation where they're basically their club captain backed up by two promising young hookers in Haw- not Hawkins, what was his name? Uh, McGuigan. McGuigan, thank you. And Thacker. Thacker. Ha- Harry Thacker. They've now brought in a guy who, I think, was he 32 or 33? Uh, uh, Plotter now? Yeah. Yeah, he's certainly early 30s. He's early 30s, right? So they've replaced two young lads with a guy in his early 30s. Two young English qualifiers. Two, yeah. Lads. Two young English... It gets worse, oh, doesn't it? The English lads, yeah. It gets worse and worse and worse. Two English qualified lads... Have now gone to competitor teams, yeah, and their thir- their early thirties hooker might be off to Australia. I, I mean, it is beyond uh, that. I think in terms of squad construction, is beyond a joke. And then there's Tamua. So if Tamua goes, Leicester are seriously short of quality, in my opinion. Um. So they've, they've still got Tom Youngs. They have. I know. I spotted. Uh, it was an Instagram post from from Leicester Tigers uh, this week, and they've brought in two guys that I don't know where they've come from. I, I'm assuming they're coming. From, they've come from the Championship. Okay. There, there was a picture of their th- their three or three of their squad hookers. 
Mm. So right now they have got four squad hookers. Yeah. But two of them are complete unknowns. I mean, Thacker would be a good guy to have kept about, to be honest. Yeah. He does all sorts of things. He plays within the squad. I think Mike O'Connor has his favourites and he has his starting 15 and that will be that. And there's not really much changing his mind. Uh, this is not this. Uh, surely, surely the Tamua issue is much more pressing than uh, the potential is. hooker issue. It is. Yeah, but you know what? I actually think it's probably slightly. E- I don't know, actually. Yeah, you are right. Tamua is more pressing. But there again, I kind of think it's easier to find yourself a real high quality centre, or at least a serviceable centre, than it is to find a real high quality hooker. Ooh, I'm not sure about that. Do, do you not think? I'm not think, sure about that at all. I think the, you look at the. Well, look at England's options at 12 for one. Yeah. That's oh, fair. Owen Farrell. Well, I'm glad you mentioned England's <laughs> options for 12. Because England's options for 12 could well be solved with the same person that's going to solve Leicester's options for 12. Manu Tuolagi? Incorrect. Policeman. Uh-huh. <laughs> Correct him, will, will not solve England's issues at 12, I don't <laughs> oh, know. I, I think he can solve any issues at, at, at 12 if, he, <laughs> if, if he's on form and not injured. And that's a huge if. A huge if. The boy's as good as anyone in England at playing 12. He might not be as good in certain areas, but in some areas he's definitely, definitely uh, the best, and his overall game is superb. So I I would question that because I've just not seen it for probably a couple of years now. Mm. I mean, last season he had horrendous injuries. Last two seasons he had horrendous injuries. Achilles is a horrible one. uh, Yeah, again, Achilles. Um, The game he came back, or one of his first game back, he got an eight-week ban for two repeated high shots. Two, two high shots in two minutes. Which, by the way, you have to really try when you're five foot two to yeah. get a high shot in, don't yeah. you? I mean, you've got to be yeah. pretty one the, determined. One of them was on Tim Visser, who's like six four, six it, five. It just shows the athleticism <laughs> that the guy possesses. Well, from Leicester's perspective, with Manu Tuolangi in their squad uh, and with George Ford going to be away mm. for a significant chunk, they need... They need something as dependable and reliable as they can get. Or they need to sign Kyle Eastman, but who clearly it's probably a buyer's market where Kyle Eastman is concerned and they need to get him at a a heavily discounted rate and get someone else as well. Well, yeah, Brendan Macken is the other guy. Yeah, from Wasps. Yeah. Yeah, he's, 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 he's a solid squad player. No, no, it doesn't. It wouldn't excite (laughs) me. It doesn't excite me either. Even getting those two and losing Matt Tamua is is a net loss. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Completely yeah. significant net loss. Definitely. And I think the problem that Matt O'Connor has is he likes his starting 15. And you know, I think once he selects a player in a position, he's completely wedded to that player. So I think it's actually an enormous loss for Leicester. He, uh, he... I, I wonder if they could... Because um, I think Ben Teo has one year left on his contract. I wonder if they could do what they did with Johnny May and, and kind of buy him out. Yeah, that would be interesting. Um, be good for England as well. Yeah, yeah. I think we. It'd be interesting to see whether we start seeing more of that or less of that, because there was the 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 rule change, wasn't there, with uh, compensation for buying players out, which was what um, Leicester took advantage of that for the Johnny May position. Yeah, they just paid a, a nominal fee, sixty thousand or something like something, that. I, uh, I, I, yeah. Don't quote me on it. I don't know exactly what it was. Yeah, but it certainly wasn't the worth of Johnny May for one or two years, however long was left on his no. contract. No, it wasn't. God, Leicester in a way, aren't they? I mean, so, they should, they really should have the most powerful squad in the Premiership. They should have the deepest, most powerful squad. Well, yeah, because potentially they're, all, they're also one of the few clubs that could be profitable 
as well. Yeah, but the salary cap doesn't matter, really, does it? The salary cap makes everybody's <sighs> chances the same in, in that sense. Yeah, the- theoretically, yeah. Yeah, but they're bad management of the cap. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. that's more the point. Yeah, yeah. I so, agree agree with that. Um, we, we we can return to Leicester when I suppose when we know more about who the replacements are, um, and and when if Polotta now is off as well to uh, follow his World Cup dream. Mm. Yeah. Um, I, I've got one little bit of news which I want to throw into the mix. Ooh, exciting! The details of the final. 20th World Cup place for 2019 yes. has been announced and yep. it's going to be happening in Marseille in a middle weekend in November and there are four teams involved one of them Hong Kong um, one of them will be uh, Germany yep. one of them will be Canada Canada, Canada. Canada. Uh, and one of them will be the runners up in the African Gold Cup which will likely be either Namibia or Kenya, depending on who wins the, the match, which is looking like a bit of a playoff um, decider on the 18th of August. And that will be happening around Robin set of fixtures over three or four days will be happening on the one of the weeks in November during the autumn internationals in Marseille. I've checked Skyscanner. Flights <laughs> are very, very reasonable. You can get from the UK to Marseille return currently for Forty-seven pounds uh, price to start. <laughs> wow! Return. So, potentially, I think there's an excursion there, and potentially, it might be a really good tier two tour. Okay. It, it might be a very good, it might be a very good tier two tour. So it, it is just just one point. I think all of that was spot on. It's actually, it's actually over three weekends because it's. Oh, is it really? It's four. Oh yeah, that makes much more sense. Oh, they can do a round robin in three days. <laughs> yeah, oh, it would. Fat- it it would be a tough to play three a four team round robin in three days, um, so yeah, it's the kind of I, I can't remember the exact dates, but something like the eighth, the fifteenth, and the twenty third, uh, that those weekends in November. Hmm. So, not to pull back the curtain too much on how we produce the the, the podcast, I would love to go to this right. And I'd love to do a t- tier two tour there. Two problems. The thought of organising another tier two tour <laughs> right now, I mean, it fills me with dread. It fills me with absolute dread. That would be the first one. <laughs> and second one, well, I don't suppose it's that much of a problem. We could go to tier, we could do the repechage and then the weekend after, then do player of the year. So, well, I don't know. Well, it's actually the same weekend. Oh, is it? So the final game, the deciding weekend of the repechage is... 200 kilometers away from Monaco. Hang on. I don't know about you, but I've always wanted to travel France by TGV. <laughs> is there TGV going across the south coast that way? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, there really is. Is yeah. there? Yeah, it's a, some very, very fast, impressive looking trains. What's that about the final, Phil? Repeat that. I missed that. Uh, so the, the final weekend of the Repercharge is the same weekend as World Rugby's Player of the Year, and Marseille to Monaco is about 200 kilometers. Oh my word! Oh my word! So, oh my word! Phil, so we uh, fly. Phil, oh my word, JB. We fly into Marseille. Marseille, lads, beers, boys. Two two days of great rugby games and beers with the boys. Exactly. And then on the Sunday, we put on our tuxedos. Yep. Or our chinos and tweed. Yep. And get in a car or no, on, no, on TGV. a TGV or on a TGV or on a helicopter. Go and talk to Richie about helicopters again. Yes. yes. I like that. So, 
I think, I and think... also, I'm thinking potentially because I, I don't know what the what the ground will be like, but I would imagine that potentially, if we we, we could start conversations about having an area of the hospitality in the ground at the stadium. Don't, don't, don't. Let's not think about that just yet. Well, do, I know, do, but I'm just, I'm just, I'm spitballing at this point. But so all I'm saying is, we could this, say, this could be, this could be really, really good. We could say come along. But actually, we can do our podcast at World Player of the Year like we did last year. We'll do both. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Happy with yeah, that. Yeah. Definitely, definitely do a kind of beers in the pub. Maybe not necessarily a live podcast. Yeah, but do, because do we actually something. watched all the autumn international games in where were we? Nice uh, on TV, and it was superb. It mm. was really good fun. So yeah. Yeah. Well, de- okay, well, so, so maybe it is just a, a, an egg chasers away weekend. Yeah, and um, and we just we organise lots of gatherings and get-togethers and shenanigans, and um, and well, make it a you know, guy something. We'll make it something. People on tour only this time. Mm. Yeah. Uh, have you ever seen that film? I don't know if it's a film. Maybe it's just a YouTube clip which are made into film eventually. I don't know. It's with Jude Law. And the guy who's going out, going out to Afghanistan. Have you seen that? No. And that is a really awkward thing where he goes, when are you going to Afghanistan next, mate? And he goes, next week. He goes, that's amazing. I'm free. Can I come? And it's like completely staged. It's a completely staged thing. Look it up. It's horribly cringeworthy. Sometimes I think when we talk about our tier two tours, we kind of end up sounding the same. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Hands in. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Woo. No, we're we're much cooler than that. Uh, yeah, Def- I, I think definitely. I'm substantially cooler than Jude Law. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, if we, we should sort of canvas opinion, if you might be keen to potentially do Marseille, let, let, let's sort of throw let's out. Just say, the... Let's just do Marseille anyway. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, we're gonna I, be I'm doing it anyway. But much like going back to the original one, when we said we're going to Romania, and then loads of people sort of said we're going to come too, and we turned it into a thing. Yes. Maybe we'll just maybe at this point. We'll go. We'll just say we're going to be in Marseille for the repechage weekend, yep. seeing either Hong Kong, uh, Germany, Canada, or Namibia or Kenya get to the Rugby World Cup final, the very last place um, in the south of France on the Med. And um, if you might be keen, check out Skyscanner from where you are. Check out the Airbnb oh, the, and, and see if you might be keen with some boys. Yeah, um, other aircraft apps are available. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Very Excellent. True. There we go. Well, if any aircraft, any aircraft company wants to give us a discount, we'll we'll mention them as much as they want. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, moving on from that world rugby news to another bit of world rugby news that Tim hinted at at the start of the podcast. So, it's rumoured that world rugby are going to uh, review some possible law variations um, to come in in the coming years, uh, and. The rumour is that these are going to be broadly based around two uh, parts of the game. One, the role of the TMO, okay. and, and the other being contests in the air. Okay. So, Tim, JB, have you got any idea or any proposals that you could put forward in, in regard to either of those things? Yeah, loosen up the rules for contact in the air. Um, I think they basically have been, almost like by precedence, they've been loosened up, really. Um so Are you referring back to the Benjamin, Benjamin Fall? Benjamin Fall. I mean, if the intent is... I mean, the whole point was it be taking intent out of it. You know, 
But yeah, if that's back in, I guess they've already done that job for us. Well, yeah, well. I kind of think the opposite is true um, more generally that that the precedent ushered in this over the top handling of it. I agree well, with you. In, but... in the way that in in football, you suddenly started seeing about 20 years ago when they brought in them, um, uh, when people started doing stuff, you can't raise your hands to another player meant if you put your hand on the shoulder of another player and he does a dive. Mm. Well, sorry, you, you, uh, you deserve a red for that. Yes. Yeah. You, you raised your hand bollocks. Uh, so, uh, and, and the, and the contact in the air is you made contact. Therefore it's, it's, um, it, it's not as nuanced as the, there's no two contacts in the air, which are ever the same. It's much more nuanced. And just saying you made contact is not sufficient to there to say always. Therefore, that must be a red card, which is the way it feels sometimes like it has been officiated over the last few years. Yeah, but I think you've somewhat overlooked the fact that rugby worships at the altar of high level legal professionals. I think now they've put as a as an accepted defence that Benjamin Fowles intent is to be taken into account. That's a game changer. Uh, well, what, yeah, what do you think? that that would potentially be a complete game changer. Yeah, um, it rips up everything that we know about high tackling. Uh, it sorry, does, tackling, yeah. but then it was interesting. Good. The World Rugby Statement. We we have covered this before, but the World Rugby Statement after that referred more to the well. It referred specifically to the interaction with the other player, Anton Lynette Brown, which caused him to ricochet and not be able to compete, rather than the intent. Ah, so, so didn't I, intend it because someone else well, yeah, did something to him. And well, therefore... World Rugby, their statement just took the intent bit out of it. So I wouldn't, I don't think they want to use oh. that precedence of intent. No, I'd imagine that's the last thing they'd want to do. Because, so I was thinking about this today, actually, watching the World Cup final, uh, obviously football World Cup final. Footy with the boys. Footy with the lads. Uh, and they were talking about the intent for handball. An intent is such a it's such a difficult thing. It's such a subjective thing to try and determine someone's intent. Mm. The only thing in rugby is the deliberate knock-on, but even that is not really officiated in a way of intent because most it's of, outcome, isn't it? Well, well, most of the way is it, it's they they determine it. Was he in a position to catch the ball? Yep. If he's not, then it's given as a deliberate knock-on. That doesn't mean he had intent to slap the ball down. Well, that's, that's the other one, isn't it? If they slap it up, their their intentions are good. If they slap it down, but you know that's an outcome based thing. It's not an intent based thing. Yeah. So, so intent is a very very dangerous thing to to try and introduce. And I I don't think that's where World Rugby are going. No. For the record. Yeah, well, but so is equally in a game like rugby. So is. Uh, this sort of box ticking was contact made. Yes, therefore outcome equals it, that. That doesn't work in rugby either. Um, well, they're not. They're, they are a little bit, as you said before, a little bit more nuanced than that because it's now was there contact in the air? Was the player that did not catch the ball in a position to catch the ball, uh, or could he have been in a position to catch the ball? And then does the player? So it is. It's a little bit as you're describing Tim. I think it is slightly. It's slightly better than that, but it's still, I would say, it is not a perfect system. And I, I, I'm not sure how you can get a perfect system when I, I do. I, I know so how you fast. can. Oh. You can. You can get every rugby player. What you can do is instead of having all these um, world rugby case study videos that they show their refs yeah. from games, this is red, this is yellow, this is penalty only, what you do is you show them a game of Aussie rules football and you have the law let the boys play is the law in the law book. There you go, done. 
Well, I mean, I don't want to hop back to three years ago when I came up with this rule. But in the same way they have the TMO, um, I think in another shipping container they should have an excited young boy. <laughs> and the excited young boy uh, can rule on is that legal or is it not based on how how exciting and how uh, compulsive he finds the, the, the actions on the field. So if he's clapping and screaming with joy because, you know, there's some sort of high shot, well, let it go. It, <laughs> it clearly appeals to the kids. If not, well, then we might, you know, we might have to look at things. So, but you might end up with unintended consequences like, you know, kicking, kicking the ball results in a penalty. <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, the, other, the other option, the other ridiculous option is uh, it should go kind of like... Um, who wants to be a millionaire? Uh, it should go to a fan app, and then all the fans can like <laughs> can can vote. Yeah, ask yes. the audience. Yeah, yeah. There's there's one little corner of the stadium where there's 100 people in yeah. I don't know green seats or something or <laughs> yeah. bright bright yellow seats. I don't know neutrals. And they, uh, yeah, yeah, and it goes to them. I love that. Yeah. It's ridiculous, obviously, but I so like, love the basically. You get the World Rugby app, right, and you download it, and at the very start. You then have to declare what nationality that you are. Yeah. And then those accounts are disabled during the game. <laughs> yeah, but I'd, I'd just be declaring that I'm... Uh... No, no, you have to un- undownload it and then... Re- yeah. It's, people are going to get around that. Yeah. Oh, just let everyone vote. Let, yeah, let, let the boys vote. Yeah. No, it's like, it's like, it's like jury service. Like, but randomly, they'll pick people on the way into the ground. Like, randomly, like, um, whoever... Co- it's just luck of the draw. Whoever comes through the turnstile, that number gets... There you go. You're you're now you get given a little voting a little yeah. box with buttons on. Yeah, like Shepherd's Crook. Yeah, yeah, they just get or like two really big burly men. Uh, <laughs> excuse me, Mister Jones, we need to have a word. And they just you're you know, in the hot seat. Yeah, you shuffle them off into a shipping container somewhere. <laughs> so I think that corrects all the problems that we have with the uh, rugby laws right now. Um, have TMO we... one. Oh, well, sorry, Phil. Yeah, what are you saying? well, yeah, TMO TMO one is interesting actually because I wonder if this is in the light of VAR in the World Cup, where it's it's not the referee who decides what to review. There is a separate panel of referees who are reviewing everything, and they will tell the referee. But that kind of already happens in rugby anyway. Well, because if, if the referee misses foul know, play, the the TMO will go back to him. And also, I don't think it would work in rugby as it is at the moment. There's no reason to say it won't work in the future. As it is, I believe referees like to referee in their own style. Yeah, that, that's I think true. a guy like Nigel Owens would be horrified by the thought of someone telling him what a result is, but or what what decision is. Sorry, there there are specific instances where you can, in the mm. same way that like TMO now, you can only go for foul play or tries, that kind of thing, rather than, well, is it a line out to team A or is it a line out, line out to team B? Yeah, it just doesn't matter. Well, they usually use it for foul play like that, don't they? So it, it is. There are specific yeah. so scoring a try, instances of foul play. I think you can use it for. I think it has been used for determining whether a kick was successful. Yeah, but but like in the um, in the uh, Scotland Australia game in the World Cup, the, the quarter final where Scotland felt uh, they there should have been a review. I can't even remember the exact incident, but there should have been a review right on the 80th minute. Uh, and it wasn't something that the ref could have gone to the TMO with because it was a, it was uh, a non-foul play yeah. type incident. It was like offside uh, line out. So I have seen, I can't remember the exact incident, but I have seen the referee basically use a TMO just at his discretion because nobody says, no, sorry, Nigel, can't do it or you know, what, whatever it may be. Yeah, I just want to check what the restart is, for example. Is it a 22 yeah. or yeah. is it a scrum? 
Yeah, so they do that. They do, they do use it for that occasionally. I kind of think it's a tool for the referee. Let the referee use it accordingly. Uh, yeah. So if they want to look at something, let them look at something. Yeah. And I don't think they should be feed, feeding through information to the ref either. I think if a ref misses it, I think it's all right for a ref con- to consult it, but if a ref misses something, that should be dealt with after the game. Well, what, one of the one of the issues I've had with the TMO is sometimes a long time after play has gone on and stopped, um, we've gone back for something which is a very very either a minor yeah. incident yes. or could have been, and a play gets held up over something that happened ages ago. I would like the the, the reasons why a TMO can intervene to to maybe be made clearer, and also. I, whatever it would take to stop these conversations between assistant referees and the referee, between the TMO and the referees, what I am seeing is, yeah. Um, what is your recommendation? Yeah. No, I just let's let's. The ref has got his guys on the field that, that might have seen something. Uh, he's got screens. So the referee can make that decision. Yeah, I think if it's not picked up by the eyeballs of the touch judges, sorry, assistant referees and referees. Uh, shouldn't be allowed to go to video ref. Video ref just has to be consulted, and that's all. So actually, the opposite to VAR, and because rugby's a different game. Well, what you do, but in grounds in, rug, in, in rugby clubs, they they quite often show replays of things mm. um, afterwards. So Too how late. many times has it happened where it's been it's gone up on the screen, the crowd have made a noise, the refs looked and gone, hold on, hold on, let's have a look. Yeah. Uh, well, personally, I think at that point it's too late. So I, I'm okay with that because it. It's going to give you more often the right outcome, and that—that's what I want. I want consistency, and I want—it's never going to be perfect, but I want a, as as frequently as you can the correct outcome. Yeah, I guess the danger with my suggestion is if there was a bent re- referee—I don't know, <laughs> Romanian—they um, <laughs> would, they could potentially uh, really abuse by just fact. by just saying that they—I they, I didn't I see, see it. it. I didn't see anything. I didn't see it. So yeah, I guess. so yeah, so leading on from that. Uh, two, two of the Super Rugby games this weekend, and there was two, uh, two red card decisions. There was one red card given to Ed Quirk for a, an alleged punch, which was reviewed by the TMO. Uh, and I don't know, Tim, have you seen this? Yeah, ridiculous. I've not this, seen it. This is is absolutely ridiculous. Okay, it's, there is. <laughs> There is contact with his hand and his head, but it's it's in the middle of a rook. It's hands and legs and arms and everything are going everywhere, and there's no force. There's no way you can determine intent from it, but a red card was given. So that was a, a completely ludicrous decision. Do you know what? I, I, this sounds ridiculous until you are actually... And, and there's always exceptions because uh, Nigel Owens, Wayne Barnes didn't play at a high level, but the, 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 these very, very young guys that are only ever referees yeah and never played i've not i have i have issues with because glenn, uh, glenn jackson he wasn't the ref was he no no he i can't imagine glenn jackson giving a red card for that because no. he understands the game of rugby at the elite level yeah i, I think broadly i am with you on yeah, that but i actually think the guys at the elite level are the guys who are going to be less tolerant to foul play the yeah guys but, who but come this... through this, so this, we're not talking about foul play, I think. We're talking about... I'm just no, to... we're not talking about foul play. We're it's talking about rugby... like incidental rugby contact yeah, or it... just like handbags. Sorry. It's, it's, it's not even handbags in my mind. It's, it's, a, it's a rugby incident. His hand did go into his head because a rook is a very messy place to be. 
There are body parts going in every direction. Yeah. So. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's very <laughs> serious. So, uh, sorry, that, I'm just trying. That, to... that could have been handled better. That that was one of those box ticking. Has, yeah. Like in a very football style, was there contact between hand and face, irrespective oh, of how, what context, intent, force, oh my or anything? God. It was just. It was made on just purely on was hand and face at any yeah. point in contact. Yes. Ridiculous. So that that was a ridiculous red card. In then the the Chiefs Hurricanes game, uh, which was a great game, but there was that's a joke. Sorry, I've just seen it now. The Ed Quirk red card. Good God. So that that's a joke. Sorry, can I just uh, add something to this? Um, Brad Thorne. Brad. Brad Thorne. Brad Thorne. Quote: He's worried for rugby's soul. <laughs> and he was playing against Ed Quirk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. He was he was not playing. He was coaching the Reds. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. That's what I meant. Yeah. So there's that incident, and then have you seen the Jonathan Fowley? I'm probably saying that wrong. Hit Tim. <sighs> so okay. Yeah. Uh, how so, do I spell Fowley? F A apostrophe A U L I. A U. Ooh, exciting. So. This is this was very this really reminded me of the Sonny Bill Williams hit on Anthony Watson last year mm. because oh Goosen was being tackled so was going down but Fowley in in World Rugby's definition was incredibly reckless and no arms and made contact with the head so it, it was almost identical to the Sonny Bill Williams. So yeah. I assume one. that Jonathan Fowley's done this before because I'm watching one. From a year ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got previous on this t- a couple of times. Ooh, yeah. Um, so no red card given. Yeah. No no review, no red card. He has si- subsequently been given a six-game ban. And who did he smash? Uh, Goosen. Where's Goosen? The, it was... Uh, or Hoosen. Hur- yeah, Hoosen or Goosen. who's a Hurricanes winger. He's actually playing at 13 in the game. Ah, got you. Ooh, exciting. Um, right. so, so the bit for me is... It comes back to the point that I always try and make, which is, I'm make make the rules whatever you want, really, but make them easy to apply consistently, and then apply them consistently. The inconsistency is what gets fans and us so frustrated with the game. Yeah, completely agree. Completely, completely agree. agree with that. Uh, I'm searching for this hit. Is it? Does it look good? It, it's. I'll show it you afterwards. It is. Is pretty brutal. Is um, it? Yeah, Goosen. So um, Chris Boyd, the Hurricanes DOR or head coach, whatever his title is, who's going to Northampton, mm. said that post game he, f- he failed HIA at the time. Oh, that's no good. And then after the game, so an hour afterwards, failed another HIA. So oh, it, that's it, really yeah, that, that can happen. That can happen from for, for it, tackles that aren't it worthy can. of. A red card and and a six week ban. It can course. it it can happen from completely accidental incidents. Uh, this was a, a let's, let's just call it a reckless high shot, mm. and it happened. That's fair. So there you go. Um, so all, all, all these things will be talked about in San Francisco when World Rugby representatives all get together because they're getting together at the. Rugby Sevens World Cup. Well, it makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, that's obviously the most convenient place for them all to get together. Yeah, I mean, it's tough a... gig. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Good, good tough for gig. them. Good for them for all flying business class to uh, 
to some friend. Oh wow, that was. I've just passed Jay the. Uh, Jeez. A video of of the hit. How did he mm. not get picked? I can't believe that they didn't. Yeah. Look at that. It, that it's astonishing that that did not get picked. And, up. and, and the worst part is. The touch judge or the ref runs in your eye line. <laughs> like you can see him looking at it. Ooh. That's... Anyway, so there we are. So I, yeah. I have, uh, given the choice, I have much, I would always prefer to ha a retrospective red card and six week ban than, a, than what happened in the other game. I would prefer that over a red card that was completely not warranted. Yes, that, I think it should be dealt with that. Completely afterwards. ruins the game. Yeah. Yeah, it should absolutely be dealt with afterwards. Absolutely. Um, so, so they're getting together. So, so we should just briefly talk about the the Sevens Rugby World Cup, which is quite interesting for for a couple of reasons. One, it's in San Francisco at the baseball stadium. The the um, what's it called? Don't know. Uh, uh, Giants oh, something. Yes, yeah, the Giants Stadium. I can't remember what it's called. Anyway, it's right on oh, the a harbor. AT &T. It's a really amazing um, location. It really is. It's fantastic. Right on the harbor. As you're on the main road, you drive past it, and it's right out there on the water. It's, so it's going to look incredible. Uh, exciting for uh, America to taste rugby. It's also interesting because this, this is the first Rugby World Cup where it's, there's no pools. It's a straight knockout. Yeah, it's yeah. time constraints, I think. This this is interesting, the, the format. So it's there's 24 teams. The top eight have got a bye for the first round. Then the, the bottom 16 play off in eight games and then go on to play against the top eight. So you're likely to get it down to the kind of usual eight candidates, including Fiji, New Zealand, England, South Africa, yeah. uh, USA. Yeah, USA have got a decent chance. Mm. Uh, good. Well, I don't really know what else to say about the sevens. Uh, Fiji we... have called up some whopping talent. Have they? What, like Radrada talent? Radrada. Radrada. Sirisova. Yep. Nakarawa. Big talent. Yeah, that's quite... But I really hope... Obviously, I hope England do very well. Um, but I hope that the USA do really well. Carlin think... Isles and Perry Baker show yeah. up. Our you... boy, Perry Baker, JB. Our, our boy. Yeah. He doesn't have an egg chaser's Sharp tie, does he? Dressed, Perry Baker. Yeah, we need, to, we need to get him a tie, actually. We, do, we should have given him a tie. Yeah, we should have. Um, maybe... Tell you what we should do. Maybe we should make bow ties for next time we go over. Ooh... Wow, that's, that's exciting. That is exciting. Um, can't remember what I was going to say about this. Oh, yeah. Um, Fiji. 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 Do you think the Fiji Sevens, because obviously they won the Olympics, one of the biggest things on the island, and they're kind of getting recognition beyond the size of the team. Does that make sense? Like, you know, for instance, you know, any New Zealand national team uh, doesn't really get much exposure unless you're the All Blacks. I wonder if the... If Fiji Sevens can get so so big, they can just continually attract and keep top top um, top talent, so they don't you know go off to wherever it may be New, New Zealand and play you know at Sevens there or or France or, Blacks or yeah or England that, that, that or kind wherever. of thing. If, if Fiji Sevens can stand alone uh, and then just kind of re retain the guys that they have. Well, those... it's a bit like Harlem Globetrotters. Kind yeah, of thing. they could just go around and do loads of exhibitions for tons <laughs> of cash. But the, the retention of talent is a really important point. And, and um, Radrada and Tuisova, so Tuisova especially, picking to play for Fiji, I think is really important. It's important for the game that mm. that, that happens, that, that the smaller teams retain their best talent. Uh, so 
long may that continue. Exactly. Um, Agreed. And but, if, if they can win uh, World Rugby Sevens um, and if they can win Olympic Games, that has got to be a big draw. Yeah. It has to be. Uh, do you want to talk about the Samoa win? Yeah, so we kind of hinted at it before with uh, Germany going into the repechage um, because they lost uh, they lost both legs to Samoa. Um, so Samoa have automatically qualified for Rugby World Cup 2019. They're an island's pool, aren't they? Uh, I, I couldn't actually tell you. I think they are. I think they are. And the um, the winner of the repechage has, will have the pleasure of getting crushed by New Zealand and South Africa. Oh, lovely. Uh, I'm just looking at these teams. Germany, Canada, Hong Kong, and Africa. Gold w- Cup. Either Namibia up. or Kenya, probably. Yeah. yeah. You've got to say, Canada's got to be leader in the clubhouse for that one. Uh, Yeah, you'd think so. Canada are not playing particularly good rugby at the moment. But, no, but they can get a handful of professional rugby players together. Yeah, yeah. And that sounds like it could be quite important. So the, the Germany... Um, Samoa scoreline the first game they got pumped by 60 points yeah but the game in Germany this weekend just gone um, it was something like 40 odd 30 odd 33 42 there you go so they, they made a good account of themselves I so they, they'll 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 like to have a crack because they'll have all of their best players playing unlike when we saw them in Madrid um, and it would be good for the game for them to just make a competitive attempt and also, if they can get all of their players, their best players available for when they play the Rugby Europe, Rugby Europe uh, Nations Cup, whatever it's called, the, the Tier 2 Six Nations, um, that's, again, it's good for the game to get more strong teams. I, I know I need to get over it now. I, I, I'm aware of this, so you don't need to tell me. But the Tier 2 stuff is just... The shine has gone off it completely. No, no, I'm completely with you. It's gonna take, it's, I, I'm, it, not done, I'm not done being bitter about it yet. I just I, I look at the scores now. I think it just doesn't it doesn't matter, does it? Because the team that deserved it have been thoroughly screwed, and that that just sticks in my throat. Even though even though these teams, I mean, Canada's done nothing to deserve my rage. Neither has Hong Kong or <laughs> the African Gold Cup like runners up. But it just it just it really really knocks me. Yeah, because we we it all is. know what happened. Yeah, um, it's tough to take. It is, isn't it? Mother, anyway. <laughs> um, so there, there's another interesting bit of speculation that came out of a French paper this week about having a Rugby Europe Championship in the same way that the Football European Championship would take place every four years. Now, there is there are no details, so everything was speculation. Where's uh, it come from? I mean, I know it's come from a French paper, but where have they got it from? I don't know. Honest answer is I don't know. But it, it probably aligns with the the attempt to realign the world rugby uh, calendar. Mm. So we've got a single unified calendar and everyone's playing games and internationals at the same time, which you can do anything you want if you have that. Yeah. So they, my assumption is, well, the assumption, in, the assertion is that they instead of taking away the Six Nations, they take away one summer tour in four. Yeah, I don't like it. Uh, I do I like it. I don't know. So... You know, we always assume, don't we, that the teams that the home nations meet the most are the other home nations, and actually, it's far from it. The teams that England meet are probably going to be well; they're going to be South Africa four times this year alone, four times consecutively. Yeah, before they play anyone else. So you know, maybe more European games are in order. So I guess there's that angle. And then it's it's good to get 
these smaller teams, tier two teams, some exposure of playing against the, big, the bigger boys. I agree with that. But who are we looking at here? We're we looking at Romania, Georgia, and yes, Romania, Georgia, Ger- Spain. Spain, Germany, Germany, Portugal potentially, Russia, Russia. Portugal. Yeah. Do you know what I would be in favour of? Keeping the summer tours as they are. And then sending a Saxons, a Wales, a, a Scotland, because well, that would be really competitive. That's that would be my thoughts as well. Because because yeah. Germany aren't going to get anything from being pumped a hundred points to nil by the prime England team. Yeah, but they would even if it was like a, a d- development type England team, they could gain a lot from doing that, and the development team could do it. <sighs> yeah, I agree with that. And I don't like. I I, I, think, I understand the logic of that. And it will be competitive games for those nations. So it will serve in that sense. Um, the thing that I think it could potentially do, though, which that won't achieve, is cash for these small emerging nations so they can True. actually make the step up this to is... closer to the Six Nations level. And if you have, if you send, just like the Churchill Cup used to do when you sent them over to North America, you send the Saxons over, no one cares. Yeah, but I tell you what, not, not a day goes by that I regret that we started this podcast after the Churchill Cup finished. Because that is that is the tournament that I'd most want to visit. It was well, of course, class. Of course, that would have been fun. But but who who stayed up and watched, Me. ever watched Me. the Churchill Cup? Uh, well, yeah. I who watched it religiously. Total, us total rugby noses, a yeah. very, very niche, top of the pyramid rugby noses. Apex who, Predators. Exactly. Who even knew that it was it is happening? So I, I agree with you. The games would be competitive, but it depends what your objective is. Is the objective to give these guys games that might help prepare them for a World Cup two years later on mm. against some slightly higher caliber competition? If that's the aim, yes, do it. Well, I if think the aim, if the aim is to get these nations closer to Six Nations level, so the Rugby Europe Championship and the Six Nations, which is what you're always talking about, is let's help that. Yeah. league grow rather than interfere with the history of the Six Nations I do tend to agree with you like the cash won't be there will it in the no, stadium against really anyone won't. really but world, world rugby are not short of a bob or two well you know this is sort of like Jeremy Corbyn style spending plans on the banker's <laughs> bonus like, he spent it 86 times uh, b- uh, before anything gets done I would just a bit cautious about spending more of world, world rugby's money that, that said, I mean, I think there's a middle way to be had here. I think if you want to explore it, you've got to start with the, with the development teams. But then if you can expand it to the big boys, why not? Oh, yeah, you if know? you can. but it's, it's a big if. Right now, I can tell you it would not be competitive games. Yeah. and G- Georgia are I, by far the best. Like, I can tell you you're absolutely right. They played Ireland a couple of years ago, were comfortably beaten by 50 points. And Georgia are a damn good team, yeah. but it, the, the gulf and and it was an island second team in, it, nearly. The gulf is right now too big. So it's is the gulf too big to Italy? Well, maybe, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Well, like this is a, um, and I'm sure once upon a time the, Euro, the well, no, football's a very different sport because it's it's so broadly played but yeah um nations rise and nations fall and uh the, the european championship what what it serves as it's, it's a big focus every uh, every four years um fills in that world cup thing it's um it's uh, you've got to imagine what could this be in 30 years time 20 yeah, years time not but... what will it be if we did it in 2021 yeah i guess also the politics here are you're gonna have a world cup Right, and that puts an enormous strain on everyone. Yeah. 
And then you've got lions. And that puts enormous strain on everyone. Can they afford to get this in the calendar? Because presumably, these those three those well, three tournaments would be back to back to back, wouldn't they? Yeah, something has got to give then. Yeah. Like, you, you can't do this. Something has got to give in terms of reducing premiership games, reducing Heineken Cup games, doing or, something differently. But the clubs wouldn't accept that. No. Or... It brings in more cash from sponsorship revenue that could then help facilitate centrally contracted players and an agreement with clubs. I, I, I hear what you're saying, but ultimately it's the clubs that have all the power. And even with central contracting, I don't think I want the club game to be dis, uh, dismantled for more international. I think we've got it broadly right, the club club national mix. I'm not, you know, it, central contracts work fine for Ireland. They don't work fine for 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 pro rugby. Pro rugby is in, as in sorry, as in pro fourteen. Uh, really? Not really, no. Because you know, look at pro pro fourteen. That we keep saying that there's too many dead dead rubber games. I mean, you don't. What what did Johnny Sexton play? Like two pro fourteen games. Out, oh, I see what you're saying. He didn't play any yeah. outside of Dublin. And I'd hate to see the Premiership go that way just because yeah, they can't yeah, get yeah. Ma- uh, yeah. Mar- Maratoji. Uh, but, you know, maybe, maybe it goes the way of saying, uh, like the NFL, there's sort of a conference system. They somehow managed to merge Europe and the Premiership. Yeah. That's, now I'm into that idea. That's the way, and like NFL, which is 16 weeks. Yeah. Something like that. And Super Rugby's 18 weeks. Whereas, if you count the Northern Hemisphere, Premiership and Europe, if you play in all of them, it's something like 32 weeks. Yeah, it's ridiculous, actually. It, yeah. Yeah, if they... Uh, there could uh, yeah, be something... Actually, if they could merge those two competitions somehow, I, I would be in favour of that. Merge them in a yeah, in like an umbrella, but they're two separate entities, like the AFL and the NFL. Yeah, and then you have a playoff system at, system at the end. I mean, it probably that'd be a hell of a competition. So you can win your mm-hmm. own league, and yeah. then maybe I don't know. That, and you, we have to write it down. And you guarantee that you're going to get the best play because you'll have the highest standard. You'll get the best players playing. Yeah, all of the time because there's only I don't know. 16 games. We need, we, need to, we need to think about this a little bit more. Absolutely. Absolutely. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Absolutely. So, something we've been threatening to do for a little while. Uh-oh. Pre- do some previews for next season. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. We're, we're fast approaching rugby again. Northern Hemisphere, Love club it. rugby again. Pre-season friendlies will be starting in the next two or three weeks. So, we normally like to preview, uh, work our way through the Premiership teams, the Gallagher Premiership teams, doing a bit of a preview of 
players in, players out, where they finished last year and where we think they're going to finish this year. And we normally start from the bottom and work our way up, which would mean yep. this week would be Bristol Bears and Worcester Warriors to review. Bristol Rugby first then. Yeah. I'm definitely going to continue to call them Bristol Bears. I am going to stay on brand with this. Bears, I'll, Bears, I'll, Bears. Bears, Bears, Bears. No, I'll catch up. <laughs> Go Bears. I um, think they're finally acquired. They have recently acquired all social media channels eventually. Oh, really? <laughs> I think so, yeah. <laughs> oh, what was the thing that they did the other day? There was a hashtag which was amazing. Oh! Gallagher! Yes. Gallagher! Uh, it was um, it, Gallagher did a hashtag. The way we play. Something like the way we play, which on Twitter it comes up with loads and loads of fantastic rugby offerings. On Instagram, not JB? so much. Uh, yeah, not so much. You probably don't want to be doing that on Instagram. <laughs> Definitely not at work, anyway. Uh, yeah, given that I'm on my work laptop at the what moment. What was uh, what was the one that they had when we were at sale? It was a Premiership one, and it was like, you know, hot picks or something. <laughs> yes. And it was predictably, <laughs> predictably explicit. <laughs> I don't know how they do this. I mean, they've got paid professionals there. <laughs> Just check your hashtag before you do it. Oh, wow. The way we play <laughs> on my personal phone. Can, can, I, can I have a look at some way we way we play pictures? Um, <laughs> that one? Oh, that wow. Is JB looking at a rugby picture? Uh, well, it, it, it could, be, could be, actually. It could be a rugby team. I'll say that. The boys are having fun. I mean, that could definitely be a rugby team. Uh, yeah. They, and that's they a, letting the boys play? Yeah. And that's they, a, they are letting the boys play. Yeah, and that's the problem, really, with these hashtags, the way we play. I mean, rugby, by its very nature, is quite homoerotic. I mean, I could be looking at those photos for a good five minutes before not realising <laughs> what I'm really looking at. That guy looks like David Flatman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, look at these guys. This must be, this must be a great club. <laughs> <laughs> Must be fun. End, fa- end, yeah, fancy end of dress se- social. End of season do they're really into their fancy dress. Camouflage. <laughs> do you know what? A good game is a good game's a quick game. So come on, they summarize. Oh, the, sorry, just just whilst we're information. on sorry, just whilst we're on a homoerotic rugby stuff. Oh yeah. Um God, it's about eight years ago. Um I used to live with a mutual friend of ours called Pedder Jones. Jonesy. And he used to have this thing about just ordering, you know, basically rubbish clothes. He'd just get Loads and loads of rubbish clothes. <laughs> and I was really, really in a rush to get to work. So I just pulled on a T-shirt, which he had ordered from the Beach Rugby Association. So a beach rugby T-shirt. So I threw it on. It says rugby on it. Uh, and then when I got to work, one of the other IFAs uh, pointed out that my, um, that my T-shirt said beach rugby, play with real men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why not? Exactly. It's good advice. <laughs> let let the boys play. It's like, yeah, obviously I play with real men. Bristol. 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 Bristol, right. So they have they have comfortably the most incomings and outgoings of any squad this season. Don't worry about the outgoings unless they're biggins. Well, well no, wrong. Worry about the outgoings because why do teams not learn? You get rid of the players that brought you Exactly. The... So I think a lot of them are kind of squad releases and yes. uh, they always academy are. players. That's the, that's the thing. The bit that I would be worried about is their, type, their front five. So 
the pack is your your tight five in the Premiership. If you don't have that, you could have the best backline in the world. You could have half a dozen Charles Peer Towers in your backline. Mm. If they're getting no ball, they can't do anything. Well, who's going to pass them the ball? <laughs> well, Charles Peer Tower nine through fifteen. No one's no one's passing that ball. <laughs> well, true. So some of their losses, they lost Gaston Cortez to Leicester Tigers. They've oh. lost Suwane Tongawea to Amptill. They've lost Ryan Bevington to Dragons. So they've lost three experienced, like very, very experienced, Not maybe not the best, yep. but very experienced uh, props there. They've brought in John Afoa, who is, I mean, he's still a great professional, but he's, He's 35 at the start of the season, There's all, and he's got a lot of miles on the clock. There's only so much longer. So I, I am looking at their squad. I'm a little bit worried about that tight five. They then have some undoubted talent in the in the back line. They brought in Sturzaker, the, the Australian scrum half, Madigan, PC, Hurrell. They got both Pia Towers, the centre and, and the full-back wing. Uh, Leua, Alapeti Leua. They got Luke Morahan, who scored, if you remember, from the 2013 Lions tour. Yes, a I phenomenal do. try against the Lions. So they got, they've got talent in the back line. They've got talent in their back row. Steve Luatua, Jack Lamb, George Smith coming in there more in a potentially coaching role, but he will play. And Jordan Crane. So they've got everything outside their tight five looks great. That's unlucky. But that is that's not going to yeah. bode well in the Premiership. Well, it worked well for Ulster. <laughs> so yeah I'm a little bit nervous right now Bristol are my favourites to go down to go straight back down I just don't understand why teams don't learn now everyone says oh this time it's different there's more academy lads coming in uh, Pat Lamb has done this that and the other yoddy 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 I've heard it all before and I've seen it all I've seen, seen it all before it happened with London Welsh what they well, who, on, on, who have they got rid of that you would have kept uh, exactly exactly it doesn't really matter about the names it matters about it matters about the team, so I couldn't tell you who who who, who London Welsh should have kept, but I guarantee they'd have done a better job than the guys that they brought in, and I I think the same about Bristol last year. If you've got a team that wins you something, keep you do. There's not there's not a huge amount of there's not like masses of players that have joined since this season. There there are there are there are a number, but there's let's remember, quite a lot, like, Tim. Charles and- Charles Pietau, um uh, sorry, uh, Ian Madigan was already there. Mm. Yeah, he was. Uh, Jack Lamb, Stephen Luatua, already there. But Jordan Crane was already there. So think about it A this lot way. of these guys have played with him in the championship. Think about it this way. Uh, Exeter basically went through this process, but they released their guys a year later. So they had, when they first came up, the biggest squad in the Premiership. Actually, so did Bristol, I think, last, um, last time that they were up. Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. I think they were on... I think they might have been on as many as, like, 50 players. So... I'll be interested to see Tim because I I kind of hope you're right. I, I I like having Bristol in the Premiership. Um, I'm indifferent. I don't like their kit. <laughs> well, their, their kit's not great, but I do but like did, their they, support base. To be fair, yeah, and they do bring something. Yeah, actually, that's not entirely fair. They've got money. The kit has improved since last time. Decent, but, decent ground. Very decent ground. Good infrastructure. Great night out. Shame about the kit. Out. Shame about the nickname. But other than that, yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of warming to this nickname. <laughs> the way we play the way we play boys <laughs> so so any any uh, re-raise on me saying Bristol are my favourites to go back down nope you're happy um, with that? 
No. No. If they play it very, very loose... I mean, the, the scrum as a weapon is less important than it was five years ago, but it's still a huge factor. Yeah. It is a, it is, it's a factor, and particularly as you get towards the British winter, it becomes a bigger and bigger factor every week. So in, in September, when the pitches are nice and firm and uh, Monaghan and Piatau are stepping around everyone and Madigan's pulling the strings, great stuff. Mm. In December, up in Sale, the AJ Bell in, in well, it's December. That's a heavily manicured ground, so I don't know why I picked them. <laughs> with the Manchester weather. Mm, no. I tell you what, the uh, the I've been watching with Love interest Island. what's oh, been going on in the championship. That is gonna be uh, that is gonna be keenly contested up the top. Mm. London Irish are gonna have Ealing Trailfinders hot on their heels. And Ealing have signed some interesting yeah. players. All young, all young in, in English backs that people like. I mean, uh, they've taken a handful of lads from Harlequins, I think. Mm. Be interesting. Uh, so, um, yeah, but how wrong were we last year? What did how, we, how off were we? What did we say? Uh, we, we said Irish for the drop, didn't we? We did say Irish. No, no, we said, no, we said Worcester. Did we? We said Worcester and... Yeah, we did. I'd have to go back and look at it, but... Um, yeah. Yeah, well... If, if we said Irish, we were right. If we said Worcester, <laughs> we were wrong. And I think I think we can all agree on that. I think after week after week one of last season, we said Irish will be all right. We, th- we could well be all right, and Worcester look like they're gone. Yeah, yeah. Well, and one thing we did say last year, which we're probably going to say again this year, Saracens are next to are the best two teams. Yeah, 100%. we'll get to them in future weeks because we right do. now we're talking about. Worcester, Worcester Warriors. Worcester Warriors. I don't really understand Worcester. I mean, they seem to produce players. <laughs> they have a pretty powerful back, back line when they want to play. They can play nice, expansive rugby. They've got great facilities. The the, the money's there. Uh, they, Is it? They win a couple of games. Is and... it? Hasn't there been some issues well, off the field? Yeah, you you are right. Issues. I mean, well, there's been some rumours of issues. Is that the same as there being issues? Mm. They've got a few expensive guys there. Yeah, I mean, they don't shirk when it comes to signing players. So all the best pieces there, and most importantly, all they need is a run of games and they get you know, a fairly full stadium. Uh, so I just don't know why they can't pull it together. I think, I hope that they do better, th- better th- this year. Um, I'm, I want to be a little bit confident about Worcester Warriors. The, w- one of their biggest problems last year was... Not really having a fly half, yeah. Not having a dedicated fly half. When when John O'Lance came in, uh, apart from his kicking, because his kicking wasn't great, but he he ran the show. He did very well. Um, they also missed Hoohard through injury quite a bit last year. Yeah, when he's and Teo through injury last year. So if you get, so they've they've signed two fly halves. They brought John O'Lance back, uh, and they brought in Duncan Weir. Who was? I think he was there a little bit, or loaned a little bit. Yeah, last what season. happened there? Because I don't remember him playing, but I do remember him wearing a Worcester hoodie. Yeah, I'm not quite sure what happened. I think he might have been loaned and then recalled and now yeah. signed. But two very competent um, fly halves, without being um, the league's best, they are competent and they'll be there all the time. And yep. Yeah, they they will be there all the time, and they they are. You're exactly right, Tim. They're not gonna. Those two are not gonna. Completely boss the show like uh, an Owen Farrell or, or a AJ Sippers McGinty or George Ford or might, AJ McGinty or AJ McGinty That's right. or Paddy Jackson. Yeah, 
but they will they will be very competent, very consistent, which is something that they've not had last season. So I like that. They've got a decent pack. They've got competition in a lot of a lot of places. I think um, Will Spencer mo- moving on will hurt them. Yeah, losing Will Spencer. Um, Denton's an interesting one because he's he's a handy player, but he's always a bit. Uh... <laughs> I'm trying to, trying to think of the best way to put this. He's soft. Well, I, yeah, I worry about him mentally sometimes. Yeah. Like he's an amazing athlete. He's, Actually, he's a phenomenal athlete. Has he not gone to Tigers? He's gone to Tigers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so losing him. But they brought in Cornell Dupree from Edinburgh, who's good, big, strong player. So I think... Oh, whoa, whoa, right. whoa, 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 whoa. Cornell Dupree, the guy uh, who played eight for Scotland and was completely anonymous. <laughs> like, they brought him in to carry the ball and he made eight metres. Uh, that Cornell Dupree. That Cornell Dupree, who's also been doing well at the back of a... Um, Cocker's pack. Mm. Not, yeah. Uh, well, I, I have concerns about their pack still. Um, they're, they're back five of the scrum. I, I think their back row could get bullied a bit. Yeah, that, that's probably the bit that I would worry about most. Who is the, um, who's the guy they got from Bristol who I really like? Marco Mama. Yeah, I think, I think he's a great, pre- great premiership player. I've probably not seen enough of him, I don't think. He was injured a lot last year. Yeah. Um, at front row as well, it's, it could... I mean, they've got some promising players. Jack Singleton at Hookers. Um, and, and got a promising future. Nick shonnett has been involved in the England squad. And they've signed Ethan Waller. So that's their loose head prop that they've been really... In fact, he was there last year, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah, he was. He yeah. didn't... Sorry, he was there last year. And they... Yeah, I just... they got Joe Tal- Talfete as well. Talfete. Talfatia. Oh, yes, I've got him. The phenomenally powerful USA hooker. Yeah, they have got bits. I mean, they've got nice explosive bits here and there. I hope they do better because when they do play well, they play very, very nice rugby. But we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, they have also, they brought in a hurricane, Fatialofa. Fatialofa at Lock. Who is... He's probably a Hurricane squad player, so I don't think he'll set the world alight. Mm. But and they've also lost. I know he left mid last season, but Christian Scotland Williamson, who's gone to yeah. catch balls in the in the NFL. Well, more of a loss was the the lock. Will um, Spencer. Yeah, Will Spencer. Yeah, Will Spencer is a pretty big loss. Hmm. So yeah, I'm. I still think they'll be in the kind of bottom quarter, but I think we'll see some nice. I'm hoping if they can get. Hard and Teo fit for most of the season. If they can get um, Josh Adams and Bryce Heem firing and they can get Lance Orweir, whoever they pick as their kind of number one fly half, if he can get the best out of that back line and the, the pack can create the platform, just thinking they'll about do it, all right. Just thinking about, uh, about it a bit more, do you think for Worcester it's going to be about defence and continuity no. in defence? Because try scoring was not a problem. They had one of the league's top try scorers in, in Josh, Josh Adams. Adams yeah. yeah, I think they had. Did they win away at Welford Road uh, and that, scored that, a phenomenal try? That didn't really mean anything. The, the first thing that Phil said, I think, was was Worcester's issue, and they have addressed it in in the sense that they they did not manage games, and they've got fly halves who will. I'm sure, I'm sure the game plan will be relatively simple in, and and basic in the sense of play in the right area, and then when we're in 
the opposite when we've won the territorial battle then our our, our playmakers like Hard and adams and teo and Pennell can can let rip mm. yeah well good enough for me uh is that it are we done the only... oh, so what are we saying about what's our sort of prediction of worcester second bottom 10th one above second bottom. Mm. But compet- consistently competitive, I think I would like to add to that. I think I'm going to say 11th. Mm. Fantastic. All right. We, well... should, we should really record these somewhere. Can we, can we use your board, JB, the back of your board, to uh, record our well, predictions? Uh, I'd let you use the JB Board of Destiny. But it's full up with destiny. <laughs> well, actually, there's some to rub off that you got wrong. Uh, yeah, I mean, they and do... you could probably scrub off. You could, pro- unless, well, given unless there's an incredible season and and a couple of injuries, you could probably scrub off. Marcus Smith will be starting a, a World Cup game. Well, starting fly half for the World Cup was the, the World was Cup, the yeah. statement. Well, wait and see, boys. Wait yeah. and see. I think it's yeah, too it's early. A long way to go. Yeah, there could be half. A I know what I'll do. Horrific I'll... In- injuries. Uh, I've got another board in work which I'll bring home. Okay. Uh, this this dungeon's going to look like the gang, the Glen Gary Glen Ross sales room by the time that we've got <laughs> all of our various whiteboards up. But it's also be okay. just like pen and paper. Forget It'll that. Work. Forget that. Yeah, we need, we need something that's going to be permanent. Yeah, I like the idea of having like an actual a whiteboard, maybe with do markers, uh, you know, for you know, with one to fifteen on it, and yeah, all I, all sorts of things. Yeah, so I'm going to screw up the board. And I'll get another one for the league as well. How's that? Yes, let's do it. Perfect. Um, final bit, Super Rugby, uh, quarterfinals or qualifiers, mm-hmm. as they call them, next week. So f- the four games, there's a repeat of the Hurricanes-Chiefs game, which we kind of explained last week. The second and third best team have to play each other in the, the quarterfinal. Um, Crusaders host the Sharks, and I think, That'll be a, a bridge too far for the Sharks. The Waratahs host the Highlanders, which will be... It's probably the most likely game for an upset, uh, which should be quite a handy game. And then Lions host the Jaguares. Jaguares playing in the qualifiers for the first time ever. Good for them. It is good for them. I think I think it will be a game too far for them. But you never know. You never know. If, hey, if, if we knew the result, we wouldn't play the game. Absolutely. And on that bombshell... Let's go watch Love Island. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go and get myself a double down. Oh, actually, nice. here's, here's a sorry, I had a chicken incident today. Oh, okay. So I cooked as I normally is that, do. Is that, a, is that a dish at KFC? <laughs> <laughs> not quite. Uh, the, when I describe this, you will not want this dish. So, uh, as I normally do, I roast myself about a kilo of chicken on a a Sunday to last for me for a few days worth of meals. Mm-hmm. Uh, roasted my chicken. It was nicely cooling on the side. Oh, I wondered. That sounds like euf- a little bit of a euphemism when you say that. Cool on the side. <laughs> this afternoon, well, I'm I went just off and roasted my chicken. What could have... <laughs> Did it get snatched by a cat? No cats. Although I was, mm-hmm. I was rudely interrupted making a tuna sandwich two weeks ago by a, a German shepherd. Oh, really? In in my kitchen. Who's German shepherd's that? <laughs> Next door. Wow, terrifying. That was. Did you leave the plastic case of giblets in it? No. Giblets? When is this? 1970? <laughs> you still get chickens with giblets. Do you still keep the giblets I've in a bag? I've never, ever seen giblets. 
So I roasted, it was a, a bit over a kilo of chicken breast. So no, no giblets. So cooling on the side. I literally have no idea what's going to happen next. So I came back and from the other side of the room, I thought someone was playing a trick on me and re- had replaced my chicken with raisins. What? And as I got closer, there, was a, there must have been more than a hundred big black flies Ugh. on the chicken, like sounds a like seething it... mass of big black flies. That sounds flies. like a horror film. It was awful. That sounds like, that actually sounds <laughs> disgusting. It was like, yeah, like in a horror film when there's a dead body and there's maggots and flies like all over Like a plague. It. Yeah. Ugh. Wow. Thanks for that, mate. <laughs> so Lovely. I'm going to I'm gonna get myself a double down and I'm going to roast some more chicken for the week. Bon, bon appetit. Well, yeah. Well, on that anecdote, yeah. uh, right? Um, should we do a professional? Uh, no, let's just go. We're done. No, let's just go. Okay. Thanks, bye. Thanks for listening to this point. See you on the next one. Bye bye. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.